I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like I could feel his head, I could do my own internal, like yeah, his head, I could feel it. I was in tears, I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast, the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna and I am the Natural Birth Podcast host. I'm a former midwife turned midwitch and I now work with women worldwide assisting them in having an empowering and natural birth experience and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions and packages and online courses for conscious mamas who don't want to leave their birth up to chance. I also mentor current and aspiring birth workers in my Sacred Birth Worker Mentorship Program. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, then please visit me at the Natural Birth Course com or connect with me on instagram as the natural birth podcast now if you love this podcast then please consider taking a moment right now and leave a review they mean the world to me and is also your way of helping me reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories together we are changing the birth narrative one birth story at a time Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Blythe. Blythe is a mama of Irish twins from the US. This means her babies were born within a year of each other. Her first birth was a standard hospital birth that left her feeling traumatized, just like so many women around her. So after becoming pregnant with her second, she knew things had to be better and began the journey to the healing, natural, breach home birth that might not have gone as planned, which birth rarely does, but gave her the peace and embodied sense of power that she knew birth could provide. After her breach home birth, she felt invincible and knew she'd never birth in the hospital again. Curious about Blythe? Find her on Instagram as Blythe Davi. Now, next week, the big sales are on for Black Friday. And of course, I'll be joining and I will be offering you an amazing deal. From today until the end of November, I'm announcing a 50% sale on the bundle. The bundle includes the Natural Birth Course, my signature childbirth education course that helps you optimize your chances of having a physiological and empowering birth experience wherever you choose to birth. It also includes the Nourishing Postpartum Course that is designed to help you plan a healing postpartum recovery and the best start in life for your baby. 
it's as big and as full of information and practical tips as the natural birth course and gives you all the information you need for an optimal start with breastfeeding, learning about your baby's care and communication, as well as how to heal as a newborn mother. And that's not enough. You also get a full year's membership inside my Maiden, Mother and Maga Village, my online community full of amazing women from all over the world living a natural, conscious and alternative lifestyle. Here you can get advice and support from other mamas as well as monthly Q&As and sharing circles with me. It's a bargain to get the bundle at this price when it's already discounted. Instead of the original price at $397, you can now access all these products for just $199. Pop on over to thenaturalbirthcourse.com and use the coupon code BLACKFRIDAY to get the very special discount. That's coupon code BLACKFRIDAY as one word in capital letters for 50% off the bundle. Enjoy! This episode is sponsored by Informed Pregnancy Plus, a brand new pregnancy, birth and postpartum streaming platform packed with informative and entertaining video content. Among their comprehensive and growing list of movies, you can watch iconic films like Ricky Lake's amazing documentary, The Business of Being Born, and the juicy and empowering documentary, Orgasmic Birth. The mind and body section includes meditations, yoga classes, fitness workouts, and belly dance for birth, all included within the subscription. You find workshops and book reviews and TV-style series on topics from fertility to breastfeeding and everything in between. I highly recommend this streaming platform to all my clients as well as my mentees in my mentorship program because there are brilliant resources in there. And the best news is that you can try Informed Pregnancy Plus absolutely free of charge. Just visit Informed Pregnancy TV and start streaming today. Hi, Blythe, and welcome to the Natural Birth Podcast. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I am good. I am ready to hear yet another awesome birth story. <laughs> so, to- yes. So, today we are going to dive on into your natural empowering birth story. But as so many mamas who come on this podcast, you did have kind of the standard American birth in hospital with epidural and with you know interventions and not the kind of birth you wanted for your first so let's start there let's just start with you know you got pregnant the first time kind of went the normal route of everyone else but after having that birth you kind of knew instantaneously that that was not the way it should be or have to be so tell us a little bit about that uh, journey right so pretty much my husband and I got married and then two weeks later found out we were pregnant. So honeymoon baby right out the back. <laughs> Very immediate. Wow. Um, I was in school, so it's I couldn't spend the time of researching exactly what I wanted, but I knew me and my husband talked about it. I naturally wanted something more natural. 
he had a very traumatic birth. So he really wanted that hospital support. Mm. So we just decided hospital and um, it was definitely the wrong move. (laughs) We went in, luckily both me and my baby were born safe, but there was a lot of interventions pushed on me. I did want a natural birth, did not end up having one. Um, Immediately you walk in and they're telling you, oh, well, you need this, you need that. You have to get checked every so often. You really need this needle in your arm. Well, are you sure? You really sure you don't want that epidural? And it just spin rolls down. Um, And I had a few procedures done to me without asking, without knowing that it was being done. So the big ones were the membrane sweep, no one told me, never acknowledged afterwards. Um, same thing with um, like delayed cord clamping. They immediately cut the cord. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, it was the first time I saw this OB and she first walked in, looked at me and said, you're not having this baby on my shift. Turned around and walked out. Uh-huh. My nurse, love my nurse. She was so helpful trying to get me what I wanted the whole time, but she did have to run out the room and drag the doctor back. My son was born at 740. She got off at eight. So you can see how close he was to not having to do paperwork. And then of course she wanted to get off. So um, whenever it came to birthing the placenta, instead of allowing me to birth naturally as I wanted, she kind of just threw her whole hand in there and scooped it out of me. So it was a very... wow dramatic birth. I didn't get to bond with my son for the first three months. It was just such a gap. And um, pretty much my son was born and I knew this was never going to happen to me again. There had to be a better way. You just know there has to be something better. And I should have followed my gut from the start. Yeah. Oh, like so many women says this and, you know, you do have the birth that you need in that moment. Like, in a sense, like now, you know, like you have an embodied experience of that and you also have, you know, the strength of a mother going through that, knowing you could handle that, like you could go through that trauma and come out the other way and then become stronger and then go like, I'm having something different for my second. And I mean, it shouldn't have to be like this, but at the same time, it's just, it's so common, the story, isn't it? especially the U.S. where if you don't do this, you are the weirdo. <laughs> Why yeah. not not thing in birth? Um, and for me, even with the epidural, the, my main thing was the epidural because they had to redo it. Mm-hmm. Um, they did it wrong the first time, so I had to start all over again. Mm-hmm. And I had 13 weeks of back inflammation where I could barely hold my baby mm-hmm. for more than three months. So it was just a no-go never doing it again. <laughs> yes. I feel like the information about epidurals is just geared towards it's just good and that is far mm-hmm. from the truth, you know. Epidurals can lead to emergency cesarean instantaneously. It can lead to what you mm-hmm. had, which is it doesn't take well, it just takes on half the body. There's so many complications after and with an epidural and it's not automatically like, yep, there goes the pain and all is well. Mm-hmm. Definitely not. So not at need all. To know that. <laughs> no. So yeah. after that though, how far between your babies are you? So cool thing about my kids, they're um called Irish twins. I oh got my. pregnant 
eight weeks postpartum. Oh my um, god. <laughs> oh my god. I think that's some sort of record. I don't know if anyone. Oh. oh my goodness, who fell pregnant eight weeks after that is you know, so, for anyone listening who doesn't want that, here's your warning. Like, even if you're breastfeeding, mm-hmm. it does not keep you feel, safe. No, <laughs> mostly it does, like more so than not. But obviously, there are women like you who are so fertile. And mm-hmm. wow, sirs, okay, eight weeks. Oh, my darling, darling, yeah. darling life. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I know. My husband has amazing intuition. He knew we were pregnant with the first. And um, pretty much what happened was we celebrated our honeymoon and he kept telling me, you're pregnant. I know you're pregnant. And I was laughing it off. I took a test and lo and behold, that intuition is so strong. <laughs> he knew. Wow. Yep. So they actually had the same exact due date, which wow. was, yes, amazing. I was so hopeful. Like, yeah, maybe they'll literally be twins from different years. Didn't happen, but that's okay. I think that's so, good though for your babies to have separate days. Like they'll be happy in the future, mm-hmm. you know, when they're five or something. They'll be like, right. I have my own day, they don't you know. Share everything. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. So got pregnant very soon, and of course, that doesn't give me a lot of time to prepare my body, my mind after very recent trauma. So I just went, started going the standard route. I started seeing the OB that I was supposed to see the first time and I saw them up until 27 weeks when that I, it was just that was it. <laughs> so pretty much of course we go in and from the very first appointment we were told we were so irresponsible and that I need to do a better job not my husband who was with me but I need to do a better job at controlling myself. Oh my Not god, a- excuse me. I have no idea why anyone would say those things, but from the very first appointment, it was just so rude and terrible. That is and I don't know why I didn't leave them at that moment. I just I wasn't in the place, I guess. I didn't have enough information of what I truly wanted. And so that began my real journey towards my natural home birth. Wow. So from there, I started listening to every podcast, evidence-based birth. For anyone who is out there, don't. What I did for my first birth was very surface level research. You have to go deep, mm-hmm. truly deep into what mm-hmm. you want. So with my newborn, who's growing into toddlerhood, we listened every single day to birth stories. We listened to evidence-based birth. And it really just gave me so much more information that by 27 weeks, I knew what I wanted and I knew what I wanted the first time, but I was really starting to listen to that gut instinct, which not everyone wants a natural home birth, which is completely fine. But when you know what you want, you have to really dive into it. And so I remember I was at my 27 week appointment and I was meeting a new OB and I asked her, I really don't want an epidural in the hospital. What other pain management does the hospital offer? Like, are there programs for natural pain? Are there different things that I can look into? And she looked me in the eye and said, it's the epidural or nothing. And then walked out. 
Oh my god! What are these rude people? You, oh my god! This is just incredible to me how rude these people are, and also telling the not the truth. I mean, that's not true. You have gas and air. You also have other kind of drugs, right? And you have a lot of natural ways you can cope, like the bath, the shower, a heat pack, combs, acupressure, massage, aromatherapy, like breathing meditation mm-hmm. visualization let, i can go on like what <laughs> yes it was they're the only practice in the entire town so they can get away with yeah. anything mm-hmm. and this is the hospital that i did deliver my first son in so i knew that they did have other pain managements but to me it felt like oh well, i'm going to threaten you with a natural birth mm-hmm. so i said well that's fine cuz that's what i want so immediately canceled every other appointment that I had for the rest of the pregnancy. And I reached out to the midwives in the area and was so lucky that they just so happened to have a spot open for home birth because midwives only take so many clients at a time. And I was so, so lucky and I'm so, so grateful. And I just immediately started care with them and it was completely different. One thing I will always say to any mom ever doesn't matter where you want to give birth, but have a midwife instead of an OB because they will support you through anything, but they'll also give you the information that you need to go through what you want. But it really was so different with them. They really flipped everything around. They asked me first appointment, well, what do you want to feel in your birth? No one had ever asked me that before. I didn't even know how to answer because I just knew, well, I wanted a natural birth. I just wanted it to be different, but not how I wanted to feel. And so we actually worked through that together. And I really, even in the last 20, well, not even 20 weeks, in the last 10 weeks of pregnancy, made these huge connections with my midwives. And it was so different, that prenatal care, which is so important for the birth. Wow. Amazing. I love that for you. So let's dive on into your birth story now. The fun part. <laughs> yes. So did you have any early signs at all of later approaching or did it come with the bang? Well, I actually had lots of signs of labor approaching. So I had Braxton Hicks for the last two months of pregnancy. Well, two weeks before my birth, those Braxton Hicks turned into full contractions and I had prodromal labor for two weeks. Luckily, it wasn't every day, but it was pretty consistent. And there were times when me and my husband were like, well, we're loading up that birthing pool. We're getting ready. And it just wasn't time. But no one could tell me why. I think it just happens to people. I think I was so excited. I'm like, let's go. (laughs) And he like, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just, you know, every woman is different. And, you know, it could be your, you know, it's your body preparing, but it's also your body getting your baby into maybe a better position. You know, it's doing its thing. It's, It's doing its thing. I think the most important thing is to not... Don't think that your body's doing something in vain because that is definitely not the truth. You know, it's doing its thing in just a different way. It's just a variation of normal and it can be hard. I truly do see and understand that, you know, when you go for so long and I've had 
a few clients that definitely had, you know, days of prodromal labor, you know, up to a week. And it can be really hard and discouraging. And I think the most important thing is just to keep your spirits up, know your body's doing its thing. You know, this is just her, her way and keep nourished, keep loved up, keep relaxing, keep enjoying life and being pregnant as much as you can. That was the goal. Not necessarily how I felt. Oh, <laughs> After God. We pretty much had a deadline for when our baby was born, not medically, but because we knew my husband was getting deployed and I wanted him to be there for the birth. And I, I needed him there. He is my support. And he's not the doting kind of support, but just his presence is so calming for me. And I knew he would be there with our one year, 11 month old, one year old son. So I really needed him there to handle the home so I can just focus on me and the birth and our new baby. And so for us, I felt a lot of pressure, which I'm sure is what really prolonged my prodromal labor. But um, it did feel like I was just, my body was working in vain. And that's really did. That was such a wonderful way to put it because that's how I felt. And I remember each appointment with the midwife saying, well, when is it going to (laughs) come? And the very last time she said, um, and it wasn't the midwife who helped me birth, but it was one of the other ones in the facility. And she said, look, what we can do is we can check you if you want. It means absolutely nothing. But if you want to know that you're just, your body is working for something, we'll check you. And I did. I, I, I needed to know that it wasn't, that something was happening because nothing felt like it was happening. <laughs> and she checked me and I was three centimeters dilated. I was like, thank God. <laughs> it's like, okay, it's something. It doesn't matter that it's just a little bit, but it's something. Yeah. Um, that was Monday. By Tuesday, I was starting to have what I thought was prodromal labor, which I'm pretty sure it was. But it stayed. Usually after you go to sleep, it kind of eases up. It just stayed until Wednesday. Then Wednesday night, it was really starting to pick up a bit. Mm-hmm. And usually that prodromal labor was every 10, 15 minutes, sometimes an hour. It was just something to keep note of. Well, that Wednesday night, it was every five to seven minutes. And it was just definitely more something that you're aware of. And luckily for me, I did not have back labor this time. For my first son, it was all back. This time, I didn't have any, so I wasn't even sure, well, is this what a contraction feels like without back pain? Like, So it was kind of keeping note, but nothing was truly making me think, oh, this is early labor, because it just felt the same of the last two weeks. As the night went on, it did get more intense and not intense to where I was doubling over, but I just knew like, okay, I remember these feelings. Like you just, a feeling comes over you and you know, like, this is it. So that was that. That was into the evening by about nine o'clock was 100% sure this is early labor. It was every five minutes apart, but not in an alarming intensity where I felt like I needed to tell the midwife. I knew I had ways to go. Um, 
at two o'clock, my water broke. And I was like, oh, my husband was still up with me. We were kind of just watching TV every now and then. He'd doze off. I'd let him sleep. Um, I was like, yeah, water is breaking. Awesome. So I called the midwife and I was so excited. She's like, okay, this is great. Um, you sound really good. You sound like you can still rest some more. So I want you to try to sleep. I said, A-okay with me. Um, by that time, I was still able to walk around. There was really, it was intense, but it was more just like a really bad period cramp that it's an achy feeling, those front contractions. Mm. Um, and I felt pretty calm. I, I wasn't nervous. I didn't feel any rush. I just knew, okay, well, he's going to come. It might take a few days, but he'll be here. My first labor was 30 hours long. Mm. Uh, well, it could be up to 30 hours long. We're just going to wait it out. Um, after my water broke, things did get a bit more intense to where I was starting to vocalize, just kind of low groaning moments. Mm. And um, my husband, always the jokester, said to me, well, you sound like a cow that fell down the stairs. Oh, nice. <laughs> and in the moment, I was like, I could kill you. Yeah. But afterwards, that's a, so funny to me. I'm like, oh, haha. So mm -mm. he likes to joke to make you feel better. I don't. <laughs> so after that, I was just, okay, well, I need you to go into our son's room and just kind of sleep with our son now. And it was getting really more intense at that point. So I needed, our son was still waking up through the night. And so I really did need him to go into our son's room and just keep him kind of alone and peaceful so I could just breathe and do the movements that I wanted to do. I really like to walk through the house. Um, and it did get really intense after that. And the contractions stayed five to seven minutes apart. They didn't get any closer, but they did almost like building up in momentum. And about probably about four o'clock that morning is when I knew like, OK, well, this feels like active labor. This feels like my body's really working towards something. Um, I had to be in the shower for most of the time. I was either on the shower or in the toilet, just kind of going back and forth, finding those positions that felt really good. Mm. and then. In between those contractions, I was just trying to find my breath and keep my feelings as calm as possible. I didn't, I'm a naturally anxious person, so I didn't want to bring that anxiety and I wanted to keep it as low as possible and just be with the water and the low lights and kind of just feel that peace before the storm. <laughs> yeah. So I think it was about five. When I called the midwife again and I said, okay, I'm really starting to feel some intense feelings. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know when you want to come because it stayed five minutes apart. Mm -hmm. She just said to call me whenever you feel like you might want us to check in on you. Mm -hmm. Just let us know what you're feeling. Yeah. And so I told her it's still five to seven minutes apart, but I'm feeling really intense feelings. She waited and she listened to me have one or two contractions. And she said, well, how about this? I don't think you're there yet, but I'll call you in the morning, which is just a few hours away. And um, I'll get 
my assistant ready and we'll come over and we'll just check on you. Hmm. I said, that works because I didn't feel like I was there yet. It wasn't so intense to where I knew, oh, something is, we're getting ready. It was just intense enough to where I knew if I wanted them here, I should let them know (laughs) that something is starting to really, the ball is rolling. This is for all my mamas out there. Did you know I have a signature childbirth education course called the Natural Birth Course, which is designed to help assist you in optimizing your chances of having a natural, physiological, and sovereign birth of your baby. If you see childbirth as a rite of passage like me and not as a medical event, and you want to feel fully prepared physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for your birth, then the Natural Birth Course is for you. Included is over 40 bite-sized video lessons with me sharing all my knowledge about birth, your body, and your amazing womb. I share fear releases, meditations, natural birth video playlists, checklists, and guides to optimize your physiology and for you to have a sovereign and empowering birth experience 24-7 from the comfort of your own home. There are different payment plans to suit everyone's wallet and needs, and you can find out all about it at thenaturalbirthcourse.com My son wakes up six o'clock every morning on the dot. So he woke woke up and we were just having kind of family time. We did that till about nine. At that point, I was very grateful when the midwife called because I it was very intense. The contractions were lasting over a minute long. I wasn't able to talk to them through them. I just was really that groaning, low noise. Everything was shut out during contractions. And then in between, it was peaceful family time, just playing. I stayed with my son. He is the perfect little oxytocin maker. So we just played the whole time through in between midwife called about nine and said, Hey, I'm coming over. We're ready. If you feel like you want us to come, mm-hmm. and I was like, by all means, come on over. Um, so they got there about nine 30. They kind of set up around the house. They, they bring in a lot of tools, but they, it's very almost like hidden tools. It's in bags that you don't even know what's where. So me, when I see medical supplies, I get nervous. I don't want to feel like something's wrong but they made sure that you know there was nothing that could make me nervous so oh just a tote bag this could have my in it could have a syringe who knows (laughs) so it was very calm when they came in they stayed very quiet pretty much was like in the background you know if my son was getting fussy the assistant would pick up my son and kind of play with him and so once they got all of their materials out they just said okay well would you like us to check you we tend to like to check you now that way we know where you are and so 
I went to my bedroom, which is where I had my birthing tub set up and laid back. She made sure I wasn't in any contractions. She wanted to make sure I was at as calm as possible. She listened to the heart rate without a contraction. And then as we went through and then afterwards, just to kind of get a baseline before birth. Um, and then um, she did an internal. And when she kind of came up out of the waterworks, she said, do you want to birth in the water? That's really my goal. I would love, I think that would be the best thing. Water's helped me through this whole time. She said, well, we have to hurry up and fill that tub because you, you're about to have a baby. (laughs) So we're like running, trying to fill up the tub. I kind of just relaxed with my son a little bit. And they said, you know, are you feeling pressure? And I said, well, I'm not feeling any pressure. And that's how I knew, okay, well, I can't be time yet because he's not low. He's not low into my hips. He's just kind of hanging out. Um, And I remember I was in the living room kind of walking towards the kitchen. My husband was doing dishes. He was trying to get me to eat and drink. And so I was walking towards him and I had to bend down with my contraction and I just, it took my breath away and I said, oh, there's pressure. And so my midwife was like, okay, well, when you can walk, you need to come get in the tub, girl. <laughs> and so that was just kind of moving more into the birth space. I didn't want to enter my birth space until I was ready to really birth. So my room, my bedroom was set up with the environment that I wanted to bring our baby into. But I know with kids, you get a little worked up sometimes. So I wanted to keep our son and any like connection with that on the outside of our bedroom. And so once I moved in there, my husband knew he needed to take control. He was hands on deck with our son. Um, we had code words. Like I said, my husband, he tries to help, but it may not be the best in the situation. So we had a list of code words of, oh, if I need you, I'm going to say this. Or if I need you to go away, I'll say this. And so that was our little system. That way I wouldn't have to waste energy on speaking or anything that I didn't need to waste energy on. Okay. So we moved into the bedroom. I got into the birthing tool, birthing tub, and that was the biggest relief. Just it's almost like the water washes over your whole body, even though it's just on like your stomach and your lower half. It was just so nice. And I've heard so many women say, that birthing tub is just so it oh, it really does it's so hard to describe like the peacefulness it brings into even a really strong contraction it's just it's so calming and at once I got in I said I'm not getting out of here and so me and the midwives we were all laughing still joking around because even though the contractions were really intense I still had those seven minutes in between Um, And none of us thought that it was going to be a quick birth. We thought, well, I pushed for three hours last time. Mm. So we might have a long pushing stage. Let's just see where it goes. Once I was in the tub, it was like the ball started rolling. I keep saying that, but it's like everything happened so fast. Mm. So I got in the tub. My husband started trying to put our son down for a nap. I had a few contractions. Um, the midwife 
would listen with the Doppler every now and then to hear that heart rate. But other than that, they just kind of sat back. If I felt like talking to them, they would talk back. But really, they just kind of, they were peaceful observers. They didn't walk, stare at me the whole time, but they were just quietly in the background, letting me do whatever it is I needed to do. If I had questions, I remember I asked, how will I know if I need to push? And she just asked me, well, do you feel like you need to push? I said, well, I really can't tell. I don't know what it's like without an epidural. And so she said, well, how about the next contraction? If you feel like you want to try it, just give a little push. And if it feels good, just do it the next time. But if it doesn't feel good, I don't want you to, I don't want you to do that right now. And she said, but I think, I think you'd like it. And so I was like, okay. I was in this very deep squat. One leg was pretty much all on the floor. The other leg was almost all the way up on my body. And I was rocking in that kind of strange little squat for each contraction. And the next one came and I did. I just pushed a little bit and I was like, well, it doesn't feel bad, but I don't feel like it's something that I really need to work for. It doesn't feel like my body is taking over yet. And I knew that's what I wanted. I did not want a long pushing stage. I didn't want to waste the energy when I knew it was so much needed later. Mm. So, well, I'm just going to wait until my body takes over because I know that it will. And so through those next contractions, I kind of just let it wave. I think it was about three contractions later. I started feeling some really jerky movements. like. It was sharp and jerky, and I never felt that before. And I immediately thought, oh, something's wrong. And again, I'm an anxious person. So I, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, well, I can't think that. I have to take that thought and put it outside the door. Yeah. Like I have trusted midwives. I have my medical professions. If something's wrong, mm-hmm. we, will, we will handle anything. And so I did, I left that thought behind and I told my wife, I said, well, something feels different. I don't know what it is, but he's moving and it feels different. Mm -hmm. And she said, she knew my background and she said, well, you're going to feel lots of different pressures this time and places that you didn't feel before. Mm -hmm. And so she, and it's true. (laughs) She, She was right. There was a lot of different things. And that next contraction, I started really my body was pushing and so I I went with that and I didn't push the whole contraction just more towards the end and um she would get out the mirror and kind of look and see what was going on um and it was almost like a bobbing feeling like I could feel my baby bobbing through me and it's almost like when you're in a pool and you jump in and you feel yourself surface it wasn't uncomfortable it wasn't painful it was just some, it was a new feeling for me after not being able to feel anything. And I was like, well, I wonder, I guess that's just how it is. I mean, that's so interesting. And so we were laughing about that. And at the end of my pregnancy, I had carpal tunnel. So my hands were completely numb. I couldn't feel them. But I remember reaching down and trying to feel the baby. And I could feel him a little bit, but I couldn't feel textures or anything. And so I was like, well, man, I wish I could feel them. 
the midwife asked me, well, do you want me to see like where he's at? Please, by all means. <laughs> and so she checked. She's like, well, he's definitely in there. Like your body is working beautifully. You're doing amazing. Like just breathe. Like you're not like you're natural instincts will get you where you need to go then I remember my husband came in with our son (laughs) and he was kind of cranky because he wasn't going down for that nap he refused and through the whole process my son he wasn't fussy with me yelling grunting he kind of just thought the whole thing was really funny but I remember that contraction I was really pushing and making those low deep very powerful noises and it upset my cranky son and I just remember saying get out and so he he sure did he took off out that room so quickly after that there was a big just big contractions big pushes but it was like there was no progress being made with where my son was I could feel him just bobbing through bobbing through And anytime the contraction would end, it was like he was just kind of suctioned back up. And I was like, well, I guess this is natural birth. I mean, he's going to take his time and it is what it is. (laughs) It was also new. That's it. How it is. Yep. And so I remember, I think it was one of your stories. um, One of the women said, in between contractions, go limp. <laughs> like when it's really intense, go limp. And so it was getting, I could feel in between those contractions, I was holding tension. And I was like, well, this is, this is making me feel worse. And so I said, go limp. And I'm pretty sure I scared my midwife. I think she thought I passed out because I was sitting and I just go limp. And I threw myself over the tub and just hung there. But it really was such a, it was almost like revival, just laying there with nothing. It just gave my body so much that I didn't realize I was tensing and taking away. Mm -hmm. And so she checked on me like, are you okay? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just going to relax. And so we went through, I think, two more contractions like that going limp. And they were really intense. I was really pushing it still wasn't painful the movements had stopped but it was like you really needed that break in between and I'll say I'm lucky because I had such big breaks in between Mm -hmm. and that I remember I pushed so hard and he he stopped bobbing at this point he was just in the canal I guess waiting to really push through and I remember instead of leaning forward that last time I just leaned back and I set my head back against the birthing tub and let as much water touch over my body as I could in the midwives type before they were kind of whispering, having casual conversations that had ended. Now we were just all all holding quiet space. And um, I remember I was laying there and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep and my husband walked in and he whispered, is she okay? And because I guess he thought I passed out too. <laughs> and um, the midwife said, yes, she's okay. And then I just remember mm-hmm. I was so relaxed and I looked up at him across the room and I smiled. And then the contraction of a lifetime came and I 
wasn't painful until this contraction. So it was almost like I like threw myself forward and I turned away from everyone. The way it felt, it was just, it was almost like a slow, intense, like tenseness in each muscle throughout my entire stomach and even in my back and my thighs, everything just slowly tensed up. I could tell before the contraction truly hit, like this was going to be something. And so it did, it slowly tensed and I didn't want to look at anyone. I needed to look at nothing. So I turned towards the blank wall and I was kind of still hovering, crouched over that side of the birthing pool. And I did, I roared, like roared and I pushed and it was so relieving to feel the pushing feeling. And I heard that so many times, oh, it's almost like a relief, but it is whenever that intensity is hitting you to almost add to it. Like you want to, you want to fuel that fire. And when you do, it's just so, it is so relieving. It's like putting all of your energy. It's almost like you're giving that energy to your baby and it just feels reviving. So I did, I roared. And that was my point of view. My husband told me later that everyone was quietly watching me. I had midwife on my right and my husband was on my left. And the assistant was just kind of in the background waiting to be needed. And um, they said, my husband said, um, first thing that happened was a foot came out. And then the knee came out. And he said it was like everybody stopped breathing. There was absolutely no noise in the room. I was catching my breath. So I pushed and I went. And he said it was the moment that I took in a breath that the knee slid out. And he said there was literally no noise in the entire world. And then everything kind of sprang into, into action. I was after I took that big breath, I could hear my midwife next to me. You need to listen to me. I need you to hear me. And I just said, yes, yes. Like the contraction never stopped. It was still going. My body was still pushing. And I said, yes, yes. I'm still trying to catch my breath. And she said, I need you to stand up. Your baby is breech. That was the only thing she said to me. If she stayed very low tone, it was just very, this is it. That's That was the tone. This is it. And so I said, I need help. Cause I couldn't stand. My body was still tense. All my muscles were still crushing into me. And so my husband just instinct reached and grabbed my arms and picked me up. And so we were face to face with each other and I was, I had to bend over. I was still bent. And within that last part of the contraction, I roared again and I felt my midwives, she just two fingers. I could feel her kind of wiggle. I, I'm assuming his chin. She wiggled his chin and caught him. And that was it. One contraction, one, the longest contraction of my entire life. I'll say, I think it was two minutes, two and a half minutes of that one huge surge. It happened so quickly. And so she caught him. And everybody was looking at him. I The only thing I could see was my husband. She was behind me. The assistant was with her. And he was looking over, trying to see what was going on because this was so unexpected. No one thought this would happen. Breach does not happen at home in the United States. It is not allowed. 
And so we're all waiting to hear the cry and me and my husband are looking at each other. And even in those moments, like I'm, I couldn't stand up by myself, my husband holding me, it's quiet. There's no crying in the background and midwives are not saying anything, but not for a moment was I fearful. I just knew it was okay. We're just waiting. We're just waiting. And so that's what it was. A second later, we heard him cry. And me and my husband were just looking at each other and we just both smiled. And that was that. Like that was the the birth itself. And it was beautiful and it was quick. And it was very unplanned and unexpected. <laughs> but what we wanted. Wow. Amazing. Wow, wow, wow. And that's the thing, like most breech babies will just fall on out, just like head down babies, you know. That's it's very rare that they do need help. It's not, you know, the kind of massive, dangerous emergency that everyone makes it out to be. Yes, a few babies will need help, but most won't, just like head down babies. Mm-hmm. So what did you yeah. do? You were standing there. So did the midwife pass your baby underneath your legs? So what happened next? So next, um, I know it took a minute, about a minute, but because he came out breached, they really wanted his lungs to work. He wasn't able to clear his passages. So he did have, I don't know if it was mucus or maybe some fluid in his lungs, but they just wanted him to really cry. So um, my husband said, because he could see, that they, oh well, they're rubbing his back and they're kind of tickling his toes just to get him to cry a bit. And um, after that, the mid- I could hear the midwife behind me. Okay, well let's let's get out the pool now. And so she held him, and my husband pretty much lifted me out, out of the pool. And then at that point, she did have to pass him under my legs. She kind of just swooped him and under there waited. Um, I was able to pick them up and then they kind of helped me hobble to the bed. <laughs> I laid, I laid down. Um, at that point, my placenta did detach, but it was almost like stuck in limbo. I definitely lost the birth space with the excitement of well, what just happened. I was in so much shock. And so um, I definitely wasn't feeling that oh, well, I need to push out the placenta at this point. <laughs> it was like, I'm holding a baby and that's crazy. <laughs> um, so I was laying back on the bed and the midwife, she said, hey, we, we need to try to get your placenta out. I really want to check your placenta. And so I was like, I have no idea how to push anymore. It was so different pushing the placenta versus pushing the baby. And I was like, I'm having a real struggle. I don't know how to do it. So she kind of touched my stomach and she said, try to push here. And um, then she did. She kind of tugged and helped it come out. It was really close to already coming out. And so she kind of just put pressure. And when I pushed, it did. It just kind of flew out. To me, I'll say the placenta was way worse than the baby. The placenta kind of almost burned coming out for me it was like a burning sensation the baby was much easier than that (laughs) Um, is it because you had a bit of a tear or a bit of grace maybe I didn't tear at all 
Okay. So I think it was just how quickly he came out. It was yeah. more like station wise. Mm. I mean, he flew out and then now I'm like really struggling to push out the placenta. And I mean, I, I'm not sure, but to I guess that's, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I never got to birth my placenta the first time. So it was just a yeah. new feeling. And yeah. I guess that's how my body responded and told me what it felt. Mm. But And maybe you weren't quite ready. I mean, Maybe you just needed to snuggle your baby for a bit longer and then do it in your own time, but it was kind of it could have been. Yeah. 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 I I did want to birth my placenta naturally, but I knew um there could be some concerns with my baby being breached. So I just kind of and it was already detached. Mm. So I could feel that it was kind of like hanging out in the midst in there. Mm. So if I stood up, it probably could have just kind of slid out, but I didn't want to back up. It's like, I'm not getting up again. I'm going to lay here with my baby. And that's that. And yeah. so that's the force of trying to push it out when I didn't know how. Um, just gave me some odd sensations. But once it was out, she kind of laid in a bowl next to us. And we just relaxed with our baby. My son woke up by that point. So then my husband went get our son. And we just had like a family moment all in the bed together introducing our little one to our other little one um it was really nice he wasn't my oldest son wasn't scared he actually tried to play with the placenta so we were like oh gotta clean you up now um but it was it was a very peaceful birth and I mean with the hospital it's just so different hospital versus home I mean in the hospital you kind of always feel that fear that what if something happens at home? I never felt it once. Mm. And I was never, my baby was never taken from me. Once it was handed to me, it was always, what would you like to do? Do you want us to weigh him after an hour, after two hours? Mm -hmm. um, you know, do you want a rag? Well, even just the postpartum care, you know, well, let me check you for tears or um, would you like me to do this? Would you like a cold rag, a warm rag? Do you want a shower after a few mm. hours, mm. those kinds of things that definitely don't happen in the hospital are just so, it makes such an impact. It really does. It's woman-centered care. It's about the family, mm. it's about you, it's about the baby's, you know, holistic experience. It's not just about ultimate survival. It's like the bare minimum, really, in the, in the hospital sometimes, it feels like. It's the bare minimum for checking that everyone's alive. It's like we, we're past that. Like we, have, mm -hmm. we, we, we can afford to treat women and babies and families as our, you know, queens and kings and, and you know, royal family in this moment. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't treat women any less. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, birthing is just as natural as breathing, I think. And I do think, you know, you should prepare for it in whatever birth space that you want. But when you know what to expect and when you know what's coming, you know it really is as natural as breathing. Your body does what it's supposed to do. My son was in perfect position up until birth. I mean, I had my appointment Monday. He was head down. He was exactly what medicine will tell you he should be. 
he didn't want to be born that way. He wanted to be born in a half split, one foot down, one foot up. That's what he wanted. And that's what happened. And he was perfectly healthy. I was perfectly healthy, no tears. He did get all the mucus out of his lungs. He had some bruising on his legs, but I feel like that's pretty expected yeah. whenever you're coming out butt first. <laughs> and you know um, what? Like a, that's called a footling branch. And a footling branch, your doctor would say, cannot be born vaginally. I knew. I mean, after we were laying on the bed, even before the placenta was born, everyone in the room, we were all laughing. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness, like this is so unexpected. And we're like, did you have an idea? Well, no, did you have an idea? We were going back and forth. And we were like, well, I guess that was the jerky movements. I mean, yeah. we were just having such a good time. But I knew if I was in the hospital, mm-hmm. out that baby would be shoved back up and I would be yeah. cut before I knew it. Yeah. And it would have been, yeah, an emergency. And um, you would also not have been, in quotation marks, allowed such a slow labor. Mm-hmm. You, you know, having a contraction every seven minutes would not um, have been seen be. as. No, that would have been pathologized. Progressive. Mm-hmm. so they would have Resting wanted to it. do something about that i am curious though because you did your midwife did check vaginally so i'm curious how she didn't pick up there was a foot there was well, there a bag of waters or something that maybe um could have let's felt? see if i remember back whenever she first checked me um when she first arrived around 9 30 that morning um she said that I did have a lot of fluid still in my bag. Like my mm. water didn't break fully. And then whenever I was in the birthing tub, I was probably halfway through pushing um, that my water fully just broke. And we saw vermix floating and everything, mm. but that's when it fully broke. Mm. Um, I know when she did kind of put her fingers and kind of see where the baby was at, there wasn't a foot there though. There, it was just I'm guessing, but but she couldn't maybe the my position, but it didn't feel alarming to her. Mm. She didn't know that it was but, mm. <laughs> but he <laughs> moved that there somehow. I'm thinking it was bent already, and mm. maybe just the pushing his foot got he was able to stretch his leg out before, yeah, he was. I don't know, <laughs> but. That was the jerky movements. I'm pretty sure he was kicking me where I yeah. did not need to be kicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. And and that tells you, you know, all these babies are wise. You know, they can make their way through in the most weird ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And oh, some yeah. will just some will just not end up in that perfect position of head, you know, tucked in and all that. Some will come out with their face first and you know, some will shoot out like a Superman with the hand, you know, and like, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. So babies can be born in so many different ways and there's so many variations of normal. And I love that you come with this very special story of a footling breach, undiagnosed. And you know what? Um, there was a woman on this podcast sharing about her breach baby and about this midwife in the US who helps women who have breaches and to birth. and um, who actually says that the best way to birth a breach is in the water. Yes. Oh. So, you know, curious. Oh. We were there. 
Yeah. I mean, I would have loved a water birth. Um, it was, it's always been kind of like a goal of mine. I feel so peaceful in the water, but yeah. I knew beforehand with the water tub, even like birthing through my midwives, like if we knew it was breach, I would have to, they would still be there with me in the hospital, but I would have to be transferred. Mm. And um, they do, it's policy. Like you can't birth breach in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Something you know, every every state is different. Yeah. Uh, they all have different rules, and some places it's illegal and all of that jazz. But yeah. doesn't matter about legalities. Babies can still be born however they want to be born. That's just how it is. Yep. And I mean, the midwives were arrived at my house at nine thirty. My son was born at eleven fifteen. It was not a very long yeah. transition into birth. So. I mean, just think if they had waited an hour, maybe a few hours, I would have had my baby alone and it could have been born in the tub. It could have been born anywhere. Mm-hmm. And you can't really be illegal if it's something that happens natural. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen one way or the other. Yeah. Babies don't care about that stuff. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. So if you had a first time mama in front of you right now, who's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience, what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her? Well, first for sure, it's really knowing like who you are and what you want. I mean, if you want that natural birth, you have to really work to go get it. It's not going to come easy, especially in places like the United States. There's always going to be a stigma, a stereotype. And even certain midwives will tell you, you know, you won't have a good relationship with them or they won't have evidence-based practices. You really need to know what you're looking for and do it. And then knowing yourself, me, I'm very introspective. I don't like a big audience. My midwives would ask me, do you want a doula? Are you sure you don't want a doula? It's not, it doesn't support me in the way that I need to be supported. I really need to be left alone. Mm -hmm. And my labor was mostly by myself and it was beautiful and it was perfect for me. Mm -hmm. Some people need their mom. If you need your mom, tell her, this is what natural birth looks like. And this is what I need you to respect. Mm -hmm. And just kind of knowing what you want, who you are. And really go and get it. Definitely evidence-based practices. Look at that. Surface level research will not get you where you want to go. Really dive deep. Yes. 100%. Couldn't agree more. So important. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your amazing bird story. I'm so glad I got to do this. (laughs) It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. If you love this podcast, then please consider sharing it. Leave a review or make a contribution on our Patreon page. And if you want to connect on social media, then find the podcast on Instagram as The Natural Birth Podcast. Thank you for listening.